0: Hello, everybody. My name is Jake McGrail, and alongside me are Mike Liu, Diana Hogg, and Ollie Nicholas of CITR Sports, broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. This past week, the UBC men's hockey team were in Nova Scotia to take part in the national championship tournament. Sadly, just like the women... They bowed out earlier than they had hoped to. Elsewhere, softball had a very busy week, baseball had a perfect series, and golf, track and field, and rowing were all in action as well. But before we get to any of that, we have a guest with us here in the studio. He was on the show a few times around this time last year, and he's also a defensive back for the UBC football team. It's Nelson Well, Welcome back to the show.
1: Nice to meet you. <laughs>
0: Yes, it's nice actually being able to meet you in person as opposed to just over Zoom a few times. Of course you you've met Mike plenty of times in person and he is a yeah. trainer on the football team, but yeah. nice having you here at uh CITR.
1: Yeah, appreciate y'all having me, you know. It's kind of feels kind of weird now just being in person, but I'm excited. You briefly touched on this when we had you on the show last year, but you were
0: delayed in when you were actually able to come out to Vancouver and UBC last year, which meant you were stuck in was it was it Winnipeg, if my yeah. memory's correct? Yeah, you were stuck in Winnipeg for a while before getting here. How quickly were you able to adjust once you were finally able to get to UBC?
1: Uh it was pretty hard. Like, you know, uh, changing cities is never an easy thing to do. Uh I had I had a friend who kinda helped me, you know, when I first got here. Uh he drove me around and uh got me situated and like the basic stuff. But uh aside from that, you know, uh I really had to, you know, work really hard to like get myself situated and uh you know rely on the football community to kind of like get my mind off the you know culture I mean the home shock basically yeah
0: and what was it like because you're graduating this spring so you're only going to be having one here a year at UBC so what's what's it like coming in with the
1: mindset of I'm only going to be here for one year uh it was hard because uh I mean I like I always wanted to be in Vancouver, so, you know, coming here for a year and just spending a year, you know, it wasn't what I planned, but, uh, you know, I'm just, I just usually go with the punches, however it comes, I just, you know, take it like that, don't really think about, you know, oh, it's one year, you know, I just, I just go over the punches like that, yeah. And uh, as a master's student, what what was it like
0: being one of the older players on the team this year, do you feel like you were like a, a leader of sorts on the team?
1: Uh, well, it was weird being, uh, you know, one of the older players. Cause like from where I started, I used to be one of the youngest, you know, and then coming in and everybody's, I'm looking at everybody like, oh, oh, you probably, you must be 22 or you must be 21 or 23. And all the kids are like, oh, I'm 19. And I'm like, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> 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 I remember when I used to be 19, you know? So it, I mean, yeah, I did have a, some sort of leadership, like t- to my peers, but, uh, you know, I didn't. I just you know we just worked together and it was exciting to like be amongst those guys and had that high energy with them you know
2: the team was coming off a disappointing season back in 2019 and this past season also started solely with a couple of blowout losses. how did you guys then um uh, write right the ship. <laughs> write the ship and win three of uh, your last four regular season games?
1: uh coming into the season like with the with the first couple games where we lost uh it was kind of hard like it, it kind of took me back to uh, it kind of gave me ptsd to when i when i was in minnesota uh i used to come from ice play with the university of minnesota christian and like we used to like lose a lot so uh, it kind of brought me down a little bit but uh we just we found a way you know coach always preached like you know to work hard and you know the game would the game would expose you if you don't work hard so I think we just like in the third game we kind of like we kind of found it like what we needed to do and we just fought to have like one of the biggest comebacks against uh, I think it was Regina and so yeah from then on we just we just kept battling and you know it was just cutthroat like that you know most of our games were very like to the nail so uh, you know it was an up and down season an emotional roller coaster but you know uh looking back now it was, it, it was exciting
3: yeah speaking of that like again it's a very young crew that with the football team I think like about almost 30 made their debut um in the Alberta game um what sort of mentality did you guys really find for yourselves like going on through the season just coming together and all that
1: uh yeah I mean a lot of guys made their debut uh even I, like, this is my first time pl- actually playing in Canada, like playing Canadian football. So it was a lot of adjustment for me, you know, coming from the American uh football system to the Canadian system. Had to learn a new had to learn a lot of rules. Um uh, I think what happened was just that we just got tired of losing and getting beat, you know. And coming into the season we had we were looked at as the underdog. Um, you know, so we just wanted to prove everybody wrong and I think that's what we did last season. We just proved a lot of people wrong and show people that, like, we might be young, but we compete uh, with, with the best of them, you know, so.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, for yourself, coming back from an injury and you're working yourself back in, I mean, did, w- were you able to really, well, obviously with the team, they sort of got on a roll, but did you also find yourself getting into a groove as the season wore on, as you got used to Canadian football coming over here as well?
1: Yeah, Uh, it, it didn't help that coming into training camp that I – I got hurt like I had hurt my left knee. Uh turns out that I actually tore my MCL a little bit, but you know, I had to battle through that, you know, and uh you know, had to deal with the ups and downs like I said like we went from losing to winning to losing to winning and then I had to deal with my personal battles like adjusting to you know having nobody here, you know, to really help me like balance myself and having and just relying on football and healing with my injuries and you know it was a lot to do with but and also with grad school too piling up at the same time but uh you know I just had to push through that's just my mindset it's always been my mindset since I was since I was younger just keep pushing through you know and that's just it
0: yeah we got a fellow masters of journalism student here in Ollie can commiserate with you about uh the workload yeah. although he's you're in your first year
4: I'm in then... my first year but uh my brain is a bit fried right now <laughs> um so you talked a lot about like it it kind of being a grind and adapting and you know the challenges you faced but what are some like positive moments that stand out for you and that doesn't have to be just on the football field like yeah. coming to ubc what are some good moments
1: uh well good moments was that UBC is beautiful, man. Uh, <laughs> like, the, the city is amazing. Like, you know, just coming, being here is just a different vibe to it, you know, just gives your makes your skin look better, you know. It just, it's, it's exciting. Uh, and, um, you know, just, you know, meeting new people, it, it's always fun to meet new people. I mean, it's hard at first, but when you come into a new place and you meet new people, it's, 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 it, that's also exciting. Um, I think one of my biggest moments, too, was... Uh, you know, our first win, you know, that just made me feel like I was a winner, you know, because like coming in, like losing and all this stuff that, that went on, like even with COVID and, you know, everything is down, just that moment when we just finally got our first win. That was, that was, that really changed a lot for us and it really gave us that that, that, that push that we needed. And, you know, and, and grad and like, you know, finishing the semester, I didn't know how I was going to do it. Like we have a really tight schedule. Um, we go from workouts, class, meetings. Football all the way down to like eight p.m. and you're already tired. Of you got to study, and I got grad school, so like completing my schoolwork, you know, and, and doing pretty good, you know. So those are probably one of the positives I take from uh, last year. Yeah, you
4: couldn't add football into my life right now. That
1: would be. <laughs> <laughs> be the tipping point. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, one thing I'm curious, you mentioned a couple times the transition from American rules to Canadian rules. It's fundamentally still the same game, but there are plenty of different rules and. New strategies that you have to deal with. So, are there uh, any particular rules or particular different ways you had to change your game to adapt to this that
1: uh, were the most challenging for you? Uh, just coming into Canada, you know, just seeing that the field is so much more bigger than the American field. Like the end zone is like twenty yard, while as the in Canada, the end zone is 20 yards, while in the American uh, field, it's like 10 yards uh, end zone. And, you know, it's a lot of room to be running. And, you know, and also like the motions, a lot of motions from the offense. Uh, so that was something you have to adapt to, as well as like when you're playing uh, press coverage. Like I'm a defensive back, so sometimes you're playing man coverage and you got to be in the face of the receiver. Um, you know, you got to give him some room, like a, a yard, you know. That's, those are stuff you just have to adapt to. And they're pretty good athletes in Canada. You know, coming in from America, you you think that, oh, America is a tipping point. But, like, Canada actually has a lot of great athletes, you know. And so you really have to be on your A game if you also want to play here, you know. Yeah. That
0: extra field size would definitely be a big deal for you given that you're one of the players tasked with covering
1: a lot of that field on the, on the defensive end. Exactly. You know, you got to be – I was placed at a boundary corner, so – that's play you have to match up with one of the best receivers in the in the in the in the nation and in, in canada so yeah you have to be running you have to be cutting and you got to play backwards basically so yeah it was tough but i had to see it through
2: um a few weeks ago you were one of the 36 athletes who took part in the cfl western original combined in edmonton um how was that like
1: oh man it, it was a dream come true like uh, people don't notice. a lot of people don't know this but I started playing football when I was 19 I didn't know the game at all you know I grew up playing soccer because uh, I'm Nigerian and, uh, and I played basketball a lot so football was something I never thought about doing and so when I was 19 I finally I got the opportunity some coach told me that hey you look like an athlete like why don't you come play football and I said at first I wasn't scared you know to play football but he was like yes yeah. so I, I got with it and um yeah like to get invited to the CFL combine from my journey from then, like the amount of work I had to put in to like learn the game from scratch, from scratch. Um, you know, it was a dream come true for sure. Cause all my life, I've always wanted to be a professional athlete and I'm literally this close to becoming one, you know, and uh, it was an exciting moment at the combine for sure.
3: And speaking of the combine, you were there along with six fellow T-Birds t- along with our friend Jackson, yeah. uh, Jackson, uh, Sorella Brown. What was the sort of feeling between you guys? Was it, um, was it sort of – was it was there that conc- – uh, I mean, like, you guys compete, obviously, in practice. I see you guys going at each other and all that. Um, but what was the feeling like at the combine? was Did the UBC guys, like, stick together, have each other's backs, or was it more of the same in practice as well?
1: Well, coming into the combine, like, you know, we had to train with each other. You know, we fell from each other, uh, the hunger, the motivation, you know. So going in there, we just – we were together for sure. Like, we stuck together, we warmed up together, um, you know, we – hyped each other up, you know, we motivate each other, you know, we saw some guy do something, and we're like, yo, we got to go up, we got to keep going, and, you know, even Jackson coming in, like, he, at first, his, his shoulder was hurting, so I thought he couldn't even do the bench press, but he went in there and just repped out 14 reps of the 225, and I was like, damn, Jackson, <laughs> 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 you know, I was like, ah, oh, it's my turn, and, you know, I fed off him, so it was, it was a great experience for sure, like, you know, it, it was very exciting to be able to compete with those guys, and, You know, that's probably one of very uh, memorable moment for me, for sure.
3: Yeah, and, like, especially you're talking about how you started your football career, like, pretty pretty recently. I mean, did you have sort of that adrenaline just heading in, especially surrounded by that group of people and being like, hey, I'm this close, like, I'm just going to give it my best shot?
1: Yeah, I was like, man, you know, it's been a long time coming, so I was like, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't really have an adrenaline shot. I think I was just... I was just very focused. I was very, very focused. I was, I told myself the night before I meditated, meditated. I told myself, man, you got to surprise everybody to even surprise yourself, and I got to be in uni- unity with myself. And so I got in there not scared. I got in there not too high, not too low. So I was just, like, very focused, very, you know, straight. I didn't even want to look at the scores. Like, some of the guys were, you know – you know, we, we get done, we get done and work out and then we go in the bathroom go look at the score, but I was like, nah, don't tell me my score to the end of the, to the, end of the thing, you know because that's how focused I was yeah.
4: Mm, yeah, well you mentioned your scores there, you performed well in a couple of the categories, you were third of those tested in the vertical jump and second in the broad jump, were you happy with your performance overall and are there any moments you wish you could run back?
1: Well this <laughs> this the, this the this the uh imposter syndrome in me, like, you know, like nah, I'm not happy with my my scores, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could have I could have done better, you know, but at the same time, I'm super happy with my scores. Like, you know, to just to be in that in that situation is a blessing. So and to be able to perform like that is also a blessing to be ranked, you know, third and second or and some of the events was it's a great thing for me to do. I mean, I always have high goals for myself, high hopes for myself. So that's why I say I'm not happy with my scores because I, I had to aim for more. But, you know, the cars play how they play, you know. So I just – I'm, I'm going to take it like that and and go go with it. There's a couple more, but to answer your question, yeah, there's a couple ones are, I would have liked to do. Like the vertical jump, I felt like I was going higher each time that I went. And the broad jump, I had hit a higher score than what I got. I had got, like, 11 feet, but I had, like, fell backwards a little bit. So they didn't count that. So, fortunately, and then, you know, some of the shuttles and and my 40-yard dash, you know, coming in, people, (laughs) I don't like making excuses, but I came in with a groin strain, and I just had to battle it out, you know, and just run as fast as I could at the end of the day. But for sure, there's definitely things I would like to run back, but at the end of the day, you know, it's done, and I just got to look forward to what's next.
0: Yeah unfortunately you weren't uh, able to take part in the National Combine which was last week so given that you weren't able to get that invitation what's the the next step for you with regards to trying to get yourself out there ahead of uh, ahead of the
1: draft? Uh, Just working with my agent you know uh, I'm letting him do all the work he told me that he's confident that somebody would uh, give me an opportunity and you know I'm just hoping that, you know, that is the case. Uh, aside from that, like, the only thing I can do is just work out like I'm training for the combine still, you know. Uh, work out for a camp shot, work, keep working out, and keep keep my foot on the pedal, you know. I can't. I can't. I can't just celebrate, keep celebrating, you know, what I did and oh, or, like, you know, keep saying that, oh, I'm so close. I got to make sure that I'm ready so that when I get called, like, you know, I'm ready to go. And, you know, I'm ready to go and stay because now it's different. You know, in college you can play four years, you know, not producing, but in the the pros you have to produce. So if I get that training camp call, I got to go there and produce so I can fight for a spot and fight for some money.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of the future, and let me just be a bit more hypothetical in this one. Um, we're starting to see a lot uh, a lot more attention on youth sports and the NFL link. You've seen, like, Trey Ford, the Kiki Waterloo QB, he's been invited down for the NFL Combines. Uh, and obviously we've heard a lot about um, some CFL guys getting shots with the NFL. I mean, is that something that it's, it's really, again, it might be a little far off, but is that something that you're still trying to look at, still trying to make the next step up?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Like, I, I want to play in the CFL, but, you know, my goal is always to play the best league in the world, you know, be one of the best players in the world, you know. And that is a that's a big goal, you know. That's what drives my ambition, but you know, I take it I take things one step at a time. My journey is very different from other people's journeys, so some guys may, you know, get drafted right away. Some guys may not, you know. However it comes, but yeah, that's definitely my goal to get to the NFL someday eventually.
0: Do you think the the fact that you started your football career relatively late to most of the people that you're going to be playing with and competing against do you think that could in some ways work to your advantage given that you might have even more room to to keep growing
1: and improving Yeah I mean some teams might look at it that way some teams might not you know that's that's the that's the dilemma for me right now because some guys might be like oh you know he hasn't played that much that means uh we can, we can fine-tune him and fix him and help him and so he can learn and adapt to my system without having, you know, a lot of bad habits from the past. But, you know, some teams might be like, oh, you don't have enough experience. Like, we don't think that you, you're you good enough. So, you know, that's just one of the dilemmas that I'm going through. But either way, you know, like I said, like, I'm a great athlete. I know that. I believe that. And I think they've seen that. So somebody, I know that somebody will, will take a chance on me, just like it's always been because, uh, like I said, I started relatively late, but I was a walk on my first couple years in football. You know, I always took that leap, that risk, you know, um, I was a regular student, you know, no disrespect to regular students, but I was a regular student and I tried to walk on and I made it, you know, even when I was in Minnesota, I, I basically walked on, you know, I got recruited, but I walked on because I didn't get t- uh scholarship money, you know? So, you know, it's always been like that for me. I always had to prove and prove and prove. So that's what I'm ready to do. Keep proving.
0: And so you, you aren't taking part in the, the, the standard UBC Thunderbirds training camp at the moment. Obviously, uh, like you're not going to be on the team next year. So uh, are, you, are you doing mostly individual workouts right now?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm still training with the strength and conditioning coach uh, in the mornings and stuff. But most of the time, I'm, my field work, I'm doing by myself or get with a group of guys, you know, when they're free. And, you know, we just get some work in. Um, yeah, I'm just watching the training camp right now, you know, watching the guys, you know, sometimes I'm not there sometimes, but I always watch it on film, you know, and I just text the guys and like, yo, you guys are looking great, you know, just because that's how much I missed them. But, you know, uh, yeah, I'll just be working out by myself so far.
0: And you mentioned off the air before you came on that you also have a bit of a side hustle. <laughs> here at UBC you've been cutting people's hair
1: can you can you uh, explain some of that yeah uh, yeah my side hustle that's a side hustle to make some money as an athlete you know I cut some of the athletes hair you know uh I've been cutting hair since I was uh I'd say since I was uh 18 19 probably so, yeah, you know, right now I'm making some good money. You know, when I first started, I was cutting for free, basically $5. But now I'm just charging them like 20 bucks under the table. <laughs> 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 you know, I-, I told them I'm about to raise the prices up, you know, maybe like 25 or 30, you know, because of COVID. But, but, yeah, you know, I guess I might lose some clients if I do that. But. <laughs> hey,
3: if you get drafted by Lions, to stick around and I'll hit you up. <laughs> no, I, sure. I, I, need, I need a guy who knows what they're doing because <laughs> the I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: I mean that that's all of the questions that I I have for you. Uh is there anything else you'd you'd like to add?
1: Uh working with you guys was a great experience for sure. I mean, obviously I wasn't able to put in a lot because uh, I got super busy with football and then the season and you know adapting, but yeah, you know, it, I mean, being here live right now it's it's amazing like in the Zoom was, we didn't have that that real experience, but like being live was probably exciting. That's probably something I probably missed out on, but you know we here now and moving forward but i'm sure that i have connection with you guys for you know the long term for sure and as my journey goes
2: you're always welcome to come back (laughs) (laughs) maybe a phd
1: (laughs) Uh, i don't know about that one (laughs) i I feel i
0: feel like being a a regular starter for the for the football team and also finishing up your master's is a pretty good excuse as to why your schedule was uh (laughs) booked up for For a lot of the school year for sure but uh, again, this has been Nelson Ozonwa here live at the CITR studio. Uh, we're now going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs. When we come back, we're going to recap all the Thunderbirds action from this past week. But uh, one more time, thank you again to uh, Nelson for coming on.
1: Thank y'all for having me. <laughs>
3: About 40% of UBC students experience food insecurity. Sprouts is hosting a weekly produce market from 10.30 to 1.30 every Monday in the Life Building. With produce from local farms, students are free to take whatever they want. Sprouts Cafe is open from Monday to Thursday and is offering 30 free meals a day, completely free and no questions asked. They also host Community Eats, a completely free hot lunch that is open for all stop by and support the Sprouts cause for sustainable, accessible food at UBC.
5: The AMS Sexual Assault Support Centre, the SASC, is a free and confidential service which provides support to those who experience sexual assault, intimate partner violence, and harassment. We provide services to folks of all genders, including students, staff, faculty, and those who have a connection to the UBC Vancouver campus. We provide crisis and short-term emotional support, legal, medical, and campus-related advocacy, and outreach and educational programs. We are located in the Student Nest, room 3130. For more information on our hours of operation and other resources and services, please go to our website amssasc.ca, or visit our Facebook page, AMS Sexual Assault Support Centre. The Indigenous Committee at UBC
3: presents Indigenous and Cultural Day, celebrating authentic Indigenous art of all forms. The event will feature several exhibits at the Student Nest Building, spanning from beading to showcases highlighting indigenous lab businesses. Mark your calendars for April 11th at
5: 12.30 p.m.
0: Can you hear that? The SOS to the world from the people of Ukraine. And you've never wanted to help more, yet you've never felt more helpless. Here's what you can do. Give to the Ukraine Humanitarian Crisis Appeal. The Red Cross is on the ground to make sure your donation supplies food, water, shelter, and other urgent support. Show everyone affected by the Ukraine conflict that you hear them, loud and clear. Go to redcross.ca. Oh, okay. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye here on CITR 101.9. And now we're going to take a look at the Men's Hockey National Championship Tournament.
3: All right. And bear with me because this is a monumental moment. This national tournament was, was the second in a row that the UBC Thunderbirds qualified for. Uh, obviously with 2020 being canceled. However, it's also their first national tournament that they actually got to take part in in over 44 years uh the last i believe was in the 70s that they actually were able to play in a national tournament so it this is just a huge moment for the uh, ubc men's team and they were in wolfsville nova scotia ironically only minutes away from halifax um where they were supposed to take the ice. they were there for the national championship tournament Uh, As the Canada West runners-up, they entered at the sixth seed. So UBC took on the, uh, funnily enough, Quebec side, uh, University of Quebec, Trois-Rivières, who happened to play in the OUA Ontario Conference because they can't obviously play in Quebec for whatever reason. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, they were a tough side and they fell in double overtime.
0: Yeah, it looked like the first period in this game was going to be scoreless, but then Chris Douglas took a penalty, less than a minute left in the first, to put UQTR on the power play, and they scored with just 1.3 seconds left on the clock to take a one-to-nothing lead.
4: Uh, UBC fought back, outshooting the Patriot. Is that your pronunciation? Patriot. Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's
0: I got. Funny. I can have my friend's <laughs> pronunciation too.
4: Twelve to six in the second, and they equalized through Kyle McNabb, who received a breakaway pass and finished it through uh halfway through the period
2: uq uqtr turned it on in the third period putting 17 shots on goal but rylan toth kept them all out well one did actually get by him but um what would have been the patri patriots Um, second goal of the night was called off due to goaltender interference.
3: Also, it's really funny that Yuku mascot is the Patriot, considering the separatist movement. (laughs) Anyways, uh, just... We're getting
0: geopolitical here in the booth. Thought it'd be
3: interesting. Um, this set the game into overtime, uh, and then a second overtime when no one scored after the first set of 20 minutes. Finally, finally, about 12 minutes into double OT uh, and over 90 minutes into the game, UQTR's Felix Lausanne scored to win it.
0: Yeah, and unlike the women's tournament, which is interesting, there was no consolation round for the, for the men's championship. So that is where UBC's season ended. It was the final game for the seniors on the squad, including Toth, who again was the team's MVP. He made 50 saves in this game in the losing effort.
4: Yeah, UK, uh, QTR then went on to win the national championship, beating Alberta 5-4 to in the final, once again in double overtime. Shout out to the Patriots goalie Alexis Gravel, who made 66 saves in the final and was named tournament MVP. He made 132 saves with a 9 50 save percentage in their three games.
0: And I mean that that those are those are just some crazy numbers there Not, <laughs> for him.
3: Uh, for context, like just using like the NHL as an example, but an elite save percentage is a uh, 0.915. Anything above that and you're looking at uh, an award-winning goaltender. So for him to be posting these numbers is absurd and he should be earning some pro looks very soon
0: wow how exciting for him <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately not a ubc athlete so
4: no. we can't be too happy no exactly that was too much we don't give clout to non-ubc athletes <laughs> <laughs> uh, apart from you wherever you go we'll always... <laughs> yeah we'll be
0: we'll be giving nelson clout uh wherever he goes but it, it'll does. be Alumni. different he's an alum
4: so. yeah uh a pretty dark and gloomy valley well Sorry, I got into Corey's script before. Let me just tell you, this is baseball. And I will now (laughs) proceed to read Corey's winding (laughs) statement. A pretty dark and gloomy valley last week, but the peak of Everest this time around for our baseball team, who bounced back in fine fashion with a sweep of the Eastern Oregon University Mountaineers. Game four might have been postponed due to weather, but Mother Nature was about the only one that could hold the Thunderbirds this weekend. But well, that is the most Corey, Cory <laughs> statement. But
2: Corey's not here, yeah. but he's here. <laughs> the Thunderbirds took a death by a thousand cuts approach in game one until Ty Penner's bases clearing double in the seventh that put the Thunderbirds put. Thunderbirds up 10-1. to UBC had no more than one RBI registered at the time.
3: As you might expect with that sequence of events, two-thirds of the UBC starters had at least one run batted in. But baffling, the pride of Richmond Christian, Johnny McGill, had four hits without bringing home a, a single runner.
0: Uh, the final score, it finished 10-4 to because the Mountaineers, they did find some scraps in the 8th and the ninth innings, but before... They scored those runs when the game was already out of reach. Uh, Right-hander Shane LaForest pitched lights out for the Birds. He didn't find too many strikeouts, but the EOU batters found only four hits for the night, so you can't complain about that outing for him. Game two uh,
4: saw the Thunderbirds achieve a 6-3 triumph, featured few standout individuals and more of a team effort. Um, Nolan Vega uh, did find three hits whilst Brandon Heap and McGill finally cashed in with two RBIs apiece.
2: Game three on 8-4 win saw a drizzle, drizzle steadily build throughout, leading to softy conditions and wacky stat sheets. Mike Fitzsimmons had a Mike Fitzsimmons kind of game, committing three errors but hitting two doubles. Wait, Widger left seven runners on base throughout the contest, and Penner, Hoop, Nathan Shute, Aiden Rose, and Cameron Sanderson all had stolen bases. Talk about mudslides.
3: <laughs> game four did get underway before the Tarps had to come out. Um, funnily enough, on turf, for whatever reason, but whatever. Um, the Mountaineers actually led 2-1 to one in the fourth, the only time all weekend they led in a game. Uh, If needed for a tiebreaker, the game will be completed at a later date. Otherwise, it'll be lost to the sands of time.
0: Yeah, Gotta preserve that turf with the tarp. (laughs) It's all all about the aesthetic. Uh, And the good news overall for the weekend for UBC was after they had a bit of a nightmare on the mound against Lewis Clark State uh, in the previous series. Pitchers looked right as rain against the Mountaineers. They gave up 11 runs over the three games that were completed, which was fewer than the single game totals allowed in three of the four matchups. The previous weekend
4: uh, the team five and six in conference play now get a week off from ccc action instead they'll be playing a couple of exhibition matches tonight at 6 30 they take on the vancouver canadians at nat bailey an awesome opportunity to slug it out with the pros then come next thursday they'll be in the emerald city for a rematch with seattle university who beat them five to three a month back
0: Now, moving on to softball, I mentioned at the top of the show that they had a busy week. Well, they had to make up some games that were previously canceled, and they ended up playing seven games in seven days, including a triple header on Saturday, which I'm not sure if I've seen that before. They played three games in a row on Saturday. Uh, Thankfully, all three of those games and the first two games of the week were here at home, which is some measure of relief that they didn't have to travel for all of them. Uh, they did finish with a 4-3 and record over this busy week, holding steady in fifth place in the 11-team CCC.
3: All right. First up in that very busy week, uh, weekend was a week was a doubleheader against a doubleheader at home against Northwest University last Wednesday. The game well game one was a low scoring two to uh, two to nil win with both runs being scored in the third inning. First, Nicole Salas hit a sacrifice fly to bring home Gabriel Dorval, and then Hannah Hansen hit an RBI single.
0: I do I do want to point out that uh, last week those games happened while we were doing our show and we had a pre recorded interview with Nicole Salas. And she hits a game winning RBI. I, call, I Ollie, Ollie can, Ollie can, attest, Ollie can attest, I called it in the booth that she was going to get a bump from being yeah, on the show.
4: That- Jake was right. It's all thanks to him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome.
2: The Thunderbirds only had four hits total in game two, but they made them count as after they went down one to nothing, they scored three runs in the fourth to win it. The first run was scored off a wild pitch and the next two were scored off a throwing error. Two Thunderbirds were also hit by a pitch in this one.
4: Uh, the homestand continued on Saturday, this time against Oregon Tech, uh, who UBC played in the triple header. The first uh, of the day was a 2-1 to loss with all three runs scored off RBI singles. It was Emma Duvall who uh, drove home a Gabby Freer uh, for UBC's only run.
0: Yeah, game four of the week right after that one uh, and after UBC found themselves down 3 nothing after two innings. They weren't able to come back. They eventually lost 6-3 in that one. Avery Hilpert had both an RBI and a run scored, while Hansen had the other two RBIs, both on ground outs. The two teams then played one more time on Saturday,
3: again, where UBC scored four times in the first inning off a base-loaded walk, followed by a base-clearing triple from Emma Dorval.
2: The Owls cut the lead to one run later in the game, but Olivia Malsku gave UBC some breathing room with an RBI single in the sixth. And Shelby Campbell held strong on the mound to close out a big 5-4 upset win, giving Oregon Tech just their season conference loss of the season.
4: Uh, the week was not over yet for the Thunderbirds as yesterday they travelled down to Bellevue, Washington, to play against Northwest University two more times. In the first game, UBC was down four to one heading into the seventh, and though they rallied with two runs off a of Mia uh, Valk and Nicole Salas singles, they fell just short and lost four to three.
0: And it was not yet over. There was one more game of this m- monstrous week for the softball team. The bats came alive in the final game as UBC crushed the Eagles 11-3. to Valk was the star. She hit a home run and two doubles on her way to recording four RBIs. Molescu also had three hits, and seven different Thunderbirds came around to score. Thank goodness
3: the Cascades Conference <laughs> is actually within the Cascades because, oh my goodness, this is a brutal schedule. <laughs> Uh, after that marathon of a week, the Thunderbirds are right back in action this weekend with a four-game road series against Carroll College, who are eighth in the CCC with a record of six and twelve.
2: All right, moving on to rowing, our rowing teams were on the island this past weekend for the annual Brown Cup competition against Victoria. Their first, their sorry, their final event of the season. The men's side triumphed over the Vikes, but the women's team sadly came up short
4: uh before the official brown cup races there were a, uh, the second string varsity races for the Campbell Dow cup on the women's side the thunderbirds ended up with a time of 1232 9 seconds back with the bikes who got the win despite a brief setback at the beginning of the race when they hit a canadian goose
0: yeah the goose was okay though confirmed <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Uh, The Thunderbirds men's 2V team was more successful as they led wire to wire in their race. They got out to an early lead and they held on to win by about eight and a half seconds with a final time of 11.24.
3: Then the top squads for both schools faced off for the Brown Cup. And it was similar results as the UBC women's lost and the men won. Uh, The women's race was the closest of the four of the day as UBC pushed ahead at the end to win by just over five seconds. UBC finishing with a time of 11.59.
2: By contrast, the men's race was the biggest blowout of the day as UBC got out to a fast start and ended with a blazing time of 10.48, nearly 14 seconds ahead of Victoria to end the season on a high note.
4: Now, moving on to track and field, I'm actually going to invite a guest athlete in the way of Nelson to introduce the track and field (laughs) section. So, Nelson, if you could just read that top section... uh, under where it says my name because you are a more fitting athlete than me to talk about track and field.
1: Uh, you lost me for a second but okay. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, The Thunderbirds track and field squad travelled to Burlingham to take part in the Western Washington Invitational where both men's and women's teams finished second in the team standing behind our host Western Washington. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> This, this was w- not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> this, is what, this is what you've been missing out on all year. <laughs>
0: yeah, on the women's side, UBC, they swept the podium in the 800 meters race with Holly MacGillivray, Abby Yipakala. Yipakala, I think that's what we established. Yes, and Amelia Fole earning the medals. MacGillivray also won silver in the 1500 meters race.
2: I'm ready. Okay, other golds were Hannah Sub- Kovitch in the 200 meters, Kyla Becker in the 5000 meters, Hasi Fashina Bombakta in the hundred hurdles, hundred meter hurdles, Allison McDonald in the triple jump, and Michelle Dadson in the shot put. Rebecca. Dut Chalk won silver in both the 100-meter hurdles and the long jump. Holy. <laughs> can, can we also
3: just say that the track team has some very long last names, just yes. in general. <laughs> uh, anyways, also of note was Jamie Hennessy's performance in the 3,000-meter steeplechase, where she posted a personal best and finished second only behind UBC alum Jenna, uh, Jenna Mallinson. Uh, it was the best time of any current university athlete in the entire NAIA so far this season, so credit to her this early on.
0: And on the men's side, the event that UBC dominated was also the 3,000 meter steeplechase. They had the top four finishers in that event. Uh, Dylan Urich won in a blowout, followed by Riley Miller. And then Aiden Miller edged out Owen Harris for the bronze.
4: Uh, William Kizel won gold in both the discus and the hammer throw. And Tyler Dozy won the 1,500 meter race. Uh, Liam Doyle won silver in the same event, with Daniel Smart Reed grabbing silver in the javelin and earning a spot at Nationals next month.
2: The Thunderbirds are staying in BC this weekend as they will take part in the SFU Emily Mondor Invitational on Saturday.
3: Now moving on to golf and after a week off, the Thunderbirds had another strong showing. Uh, they just don't get tired of those um this time they were in Forest Grove Oregon as the men's team finished second in the Pacific inv- in- invite uh and the women's team stayed perfect with their eighth f- first place finish of the season wow
2: It was Grace Bell who won the individual title, her second of the year, as she finished with a score of 71. This was just a one-round tournament. Um, She was one stroke ahead of a three-way tie for second that included teammate Sonia Tang.
4: Uh, The rest of the Thunderbirds team finished in the top 10, with Emily Lee finishing fifth, Elizabeth Lab tied for sixth, and Una Chow tied for eighth they had a total team score of 303 uh, an astounding 44 strokes ahead of their nearest competition yeah, again just another
0: blowout victory for the women's golf team they still have yet to get anything other than first in a tournament this season on the men's side ubc finished eight strokes back of the host pacific lutheran to finish as the runners up mackenzie bickle and michael Volk were the top performers for UBC as the two of them tied for fifth.
3: Uh, GP Callard was tied for 11th, Dylan McDonald tied for 16th, and Aiden Schumer tied for 19th. After finishing first or tied for it in the first six tournaments of the year, the men's side have now finished sixth and second in their last two. Um, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it, says, it says a lot about their high standards that this is an, a blip, but, you know, it happens.
2: The Thunderbirds are back in Oregon next Monday and Tuesday at the Corbine Spring Invite, the last regular tournament before the CCC Championships at the end of the month, the NAIA Championships in May and the Canadian University Championships in June.
4: So building on what Diana's just said, we'll do a quick uh sort of recap of all the UBC sports that are taking place next week we'll start this evening as mentioned uh, the uh, Thunderbirds are playing the Vancouver Canadians in baseball uh, the softball team are playing a series this week against Carroll College in Montana on Saturday we have a track track and field event uh, at Simon Fraser Emily Mondor Invitational that's in Burnaby uh, near here to Vancouver the men's rugby team will be playing against Loma Rugby Club And then starting next week, we have golf action again. Both teams will be playing in the Corbin Spring Invite, which is down in Oregon. The baseball team will then also be over the border, this time playing Seattle University. And lastly, there'll be another track and field event at Mount SAC Relays in Torrance, California. Best of luck to friend of the show, Josh Cozell, who will be competing there. 5K PB last week. He's going to go big again, <laughs> and that is a roundup of, of all your upcoming Thunderbird action.
0: Yeah, and with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the All Access Pass for Thunderbird Eye. This has been Jake McGraw, Mike Lou, Diana Hong, Ollie Nicholas, and Nelson Uzanwa with contributions from Corey Branson. Thank you for tuning in and have a great rest of your day.